Awesome, awesome. Well, praise God, we are here. I said it last week, and I'll probably say it for the next five weeks, but we are having church in a comedy club. No joke, no joke. That joke, I pray, never gets old. I pray it never gets old. Will you join me in that prayer? Amen, amen. Well, my name is Pradeep Njiva. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, thank you for coming here today. I'm going to be, for the next uh, 20, 30 minutes, sharing a message. And uh, this is like a normal service for us. Last week, we had our grand opening, and it's nice to get into the rhythm uh, of having a normal, normal service here in a comedy club. But last week was just a thrill. It was a dream come true. And I just want to, I want to thank all of you guys for making that possible. You know, all of our amazing uh, volunteers on our launch team. Can we give them a round of applause? I just want to celebrate them. So many people making this happen. And uh, even as I, I look throughout this room, seeing some amazing faces like the wrestlings back there. Hey, guys, we were in a band when I was in high school. We were called The Vast Expanse. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, I love it. Minnesota buddies, we, we traveled, and I, I used this distortion pedal on all of my bass riffs and delay, and it just got out of control a lot. And so Jason over there, he taught me a lot on bass, and it's cool to see you here, man. Glad you're here. You got some amazing people. The Headleys, they're planting a church in October, right? So down in Tacoma area? Federal way, so glad you guys are here, and just amazing people here who are coming for the first time, or maybe the second time, any third time visitors here this morning? If anybody raises your hand, you're a liar, <laughs> because this is only our second service, so we're really pumped about it. <laughs> we're really pumped. So we are, we're starting a series today, and I'm really excited about this. This series is called Beauty Will Save the World. And we at Kalos Church here, our mission is to make known the beauty of Jesus. And so we'll also probably sing what a beautiful name it is like every week because beauty is a theme. Actually, we won't. But uh, beauty will save the world is this theme that we're starting for the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about beauty and why Jesus is so beautiful. Because a lot of people have heard ugly things about Jesus and the church and religion and faith. But I, I believe that Jesus is beautiful and that as you study what Jesus said and did and how he responded to people everything he did was quite beautiful things like love your neighbor as yourself judge not lest ye be judged these are pretty beautiful things and so I'm just blown away by the culture that's already forming in this place as we surround ourselves and center our lives around the teachings the ways the sayings of Jesus and we're just going to continue to go for this and uh, there's this book called The Idiot, and I've been practicing this name by Dostoevsky. Who's heard about Dostoevsky? And he wrote this book called The Idiot, and in it, there's this character who actually says beauty will save the world. And we really believe that Jesus is beautiful, and when you understand what is so beautiful about Jesus, you'll find that it is a beauty that will save the world. I found in my life Jesus and his beauty saved my world. Anybody like me? I remember uh, when I did not know Jesus, it wasn't an argument for truth. It wasn't necessarily even an argument for doing good in the world that attracted me to the faith. It was the beauty of the community of faith. It was the beauty of Jesus. And for me, my faith was really caught even before it was taught. And so my prayer is that as we go through this series, Beauty Will Save the World, that you would catch something 
that you would get a glimpse of the beauty of Jesus. Because as well as we need good arguments for faith, fancy word for that is an apologetics or a defense for faith, I really believe that as we are Christians, as we are a church, we not only need beautiful apologetics, but we need beautiful aesthetics. And that's why we center our lives on the beauty of Jesus. And we are, are very um, particular about having excellence in music and lighting and, and just being really good-looking people. And you guys are doing a great job at that. Ridiculously good-looking. Why don't you look at someone to your left and right and say, you're, you're good-looking. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You're good-looking. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> So we're focusing on the beauty of Jesus. Uh, I love it. I want, I want to share this story. There's this writer named Henry Nouwen, and he's written a lot of incredible books, like The Way of the Heart, books that have changed my life. And he was pretty established as a Catholic priest. He was in a lot of universities teaching, like uh, Notre Dame and Harvard's Divinity School, really established author, speaker, theologian. A lot of people respected him. And one day, he saw a poster uh, picture on this magazine, and he could not stop looking at it. Something about its beauty, something about its message really gripped him. And as he was looking at it, he, he just couldn't shake it. And two years later, he decided he was going to go to Russia to visit the source of where this painting was on display in Russia. It was a Rembrandt painting called Return of the Prodigal Son. And he went to Russia. He watched this painting for one hour, for two hours, for three hours, and something could not be shooken. He just found himself staring at at this painting, and gallery experts say the average amount of time someone spends looking at a painting in a gallery is a little disheartening. It's usually about three seconds <laughs> that people spend looking at these masterpieces. But this guy spent over three hours, and then for the next seven days, he kept on visiting this painting, and he, he found that it was changing his heart, and something was stirring inside of him, and he couldn't escape this message. It, it portrayed that there's a loving father that had a son that went astray for a while and, you know, spent all of his inheritance money on wild living and ended up coming back to his father poor, and this picture depicts the, the father just saying, son, I'm glad you're back, and, and, and placing both of his hands on him in love. And as he looked at this painting being an established theologian, a lecturer at the time at Harvard, he decided that God was speaking to him as he looked at this beauty, looked at this beautiful painting. And he said, the Lord spoke to me in that moment and said to quit all of what I was doing and worked with the mentally disabled in Toronto. And so he left all of his, you know, successful ministry his successful position of influence and went to work with this community that nobody had ever heard of and worked among the mentally disabled for the rest of his life. I love this idea that beauty changed him, that beauty so gripped his heart that it began to transform him. And that's why we're having this series, Beauty Will Save the World. And our prayer is that as we look to Jesus, look to his beauty, we would be transformed as the city of Bellevue looks to Jesus, that we would be transformed because there's a lot of people who are looking for hope, that are looking for stability, that are looking for transformation. And so we're going to be talking about the beautiful gospel, 
Next week, we're going to talk about what is so beautiful about the cross, this instrument meant for death. We're going to talk about the beauty of the church. And then we're going to close by talking about beautiful feet. Because scripture says that people who share the gospel, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so we have this whole theme. And today, I want to share out of a story that Jesus is in, and it, it's about this man named Zacchaeus. And I'm just going to read the scripture, and we're going to get into it. We love the scripture. We believe that there are lessons that apply to us today. And I pray that as we enter into what's happening, that it would be made relevant and alive for us today. It says, Jesus entered Jericho, a city, and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumble. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Love this story. We have a, a wee little man, as some little kids' Christian songs would say, that was wanting to see Jesus. There was this great crowd, and he, he found that the crowd was so great that he couldn't even see Jesus. And so he, he climbs this tree just to get a glimpse to see what is all this commotion about. And as he's on this tree, Jesus doesn't ignore him. He doesn't just pass by. He recognizes him, calls him by name, and invites him over to his house. And then Zacchaeus has this life transformation where he says, hey, if I've ever wronged anybody, if I've cheated anybody out of money, I'm going to repay them. I'm going to give them half my wealth to the Lord. And there's this amazing transformation. Have you ever tried to see something desperately and you found yourself too short to see it? Have you ever found yourself not being able to see something accurately? We went to see that eclipse a couple of weeks ago. Anybody see that eclipse? Who saw the eclipse? Who missed the eclipse? I'm sorry. It was crazy. Who wasn't sure if they saw the eclipse and just found themselves staring at the sun for a long amount of time? You know, I went, I went with a small group of friends to watch this eclipse, and we went to Lake Sammamish, and we did not go prepared. We did not bring any glasses. So we were just staring at the sun like an idiot. Like, we're like, what is going on? And we were telling ourselves, I, I think I see it. I think I see, oh yeah, I totally see the eclipse. Like, this is amazing. And then someone took pity on us and gave us some glasses. And then we realized, oh my goodness, we were not seeing anything. We were just going blind. <laughs> That's the shadow we're seeing. I know what it's like to want to see so, something so badly, but not feeling like you can see it accurately. And I, I like this story because Zacchaeus is looking. And he's searching, and he's hoping to find Jesus. And uh, I, I have this point. It's kind of corny, but 
Something I want to encourage us with today is this. Even when you're out on a limb, Jesus sees you. Even when you're out on a limb, and I, I realize people come to new churches, especially in a comedy club, because you're, you're searching for something. You're looking for something. Maybe you're hoping for something. And I want to encourage us all today that, like Zacchaeus, Jesus sees you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, the pain in your life, you feel like none of your friends or your family quite gets you. You don't know that God really is paying attention to you. I want to encourage us today and bring a beauty back to the gospel. Because a lot of times we have this understanding that God is this distant God that doesn't care about us. He doesn't know what's going on in our life. But even when we're out on a limb like Zacchaeus, Jesus sees you. He's paying attention. I like the idea that Jesus, this God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one, is omniscient. And that means he's everywhere at once. So right now, 100% of God's attention is on you. 100% of God's attention is on you. It's not just like 1% or 2%. The whole idea of being everywhere at once, omniscience, means that he can focus on you right now. Jesus sees you. And I, I want to celebrate this, this search for truth that many of you have. Some of you guys may not even feel like you fully buy into Christianity or Jesus or the church. And as a pastor right now, I just want to say I celebrate that search for truth. I celebrate that skepticism. I celebrate that you're looking and longing and wondering. I think that is beautiful. I think that is amazing. And as you search for Jesus, I want you to know that Jesus is searching for you. He sees you. Have you ever been out to lunch or in a car and your friend that is supposed to be hanging out with you is just on the phone the whole time? You're trying to have a conversation and every other second they're glancing down at the phone and they feel a vibration in their pocket and their phone is on the table and they're just feeling phantom vibrations. They're just... <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about? They're just, they're just so accustomed to having diverted attention. One of the greatest gifts we can give someone is our attention. To look someone in the eyes and say, hey, I'm listening to you. I see you. I hear you. I'm 100% with you. Zacchaeus on the street, many of us on a limb. God's attention is on you. He sees you. He knows what you're going to pray even before you pray it. He knows what you're thinking even before you think it. He knows that challenge you're about to face. Jesus sees you even when you're out on the limb. And uh, in this story, not only does Jesus see Zacchaeus, he goes on and he invites himself into his house. He invites himself over. He says, hey, Zacchaeus, I've got to go to your house and have dinner. It's an essential. I'm coming over. Do you guys have friends that ever invite themselves over? They just kind of show up. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm coming over. They don't call or they just knock on the door. I love friends like that. And Jesus is that kind of friend. <laughs> he just says, I'm coming over. I remember when I was uh, about to graduate high school, there are all these open houses where people put up signs and they say, hey, we're having a party to celebrate our friend who's graduating. And there's lots of food and drink. Have you guys ever been to an open house? 
Do you have open houses in Washington? All right, awesome, awesome. I'm getting a little, a little resistance from you guys. And so there's all these open house signs. And you know, when you're in high school or in your college and you don't have a steady income, you love getting free food, okay? You love getting free food. My friends and I, we would look for these open house signs and we would just follow them. <laughs> and we would see Dave's open house. And uh, we went to this one party for Dave, actually. We're in the house, and we're just eating food like crazy. Got to eat food before they catch us, because we do not know Dave. <laughs> We've just been following these signs. We totally invited ourselves over to partake in this brilliant spread. I remember we're eating food, and we're eating the donuts, drinking the drinks, and uh, this family comes over, and they're like, hey, isn't this party awesome? We're like, yes, this party is the best. And we're like, hey, are you, are you here to see Dave? We're here to see Dave. <laughs> They're like, yeah, of course, we're here to see Dave. Okay, okay. And then this guy comes over, and he says, we love you guys. You guys have been cracking jokes, and you're the life of the party. Uh, like, who are you connected to? We're like, oh, man, we're here because of Dave. We love Dave. And he says, I'm Dave. We're like, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> He's like, no, don't leave. We, I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Jesus, he invites himself over to this party. And I like this idea that Jesus sees Zacchaeus, and he knows him by name, and he wants to spend time with him. Jesus wants to spend time with you. I really believe that part of this beautiful gospel Part of making known the beauty of Jesus, this beauty that will save the world, is I really want to recover this idea that Jesus doesn't just love you. He likes you. He, he wants to be in your house. He wants to spend time with you. He, he knows your name. He knows everything that you've ever done. And still, he wants to spend time with you. I mean, I, I remember so many times in my life where I feel like I, I've made a mistake or I've fallen short and I'm like, Jesus, ah, I'm sorry. I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep my distance away from you because I've just messed up so poorly this time. I, I just made the, the biggest mistake. I've hurted people. I've did this thing again. And we kind of have, like in hockey, this thing called the penalty box, where when we mess up, we're saying, hey, I'm going to sit in the penalty box a little bit. I'm going to do my time away from you, Jesus. And then when I feel like it's been a little distant since I've messed up, then I'll get back in the game and have a relationship with you. But Jesus likes you right now. Zacchaeus is this tax collector, a notorious tax collector. People were mad at Jesus because he was spending time with this guy. He had such a bad reputation. He'd been wronging people, taking too many taxes. He had been really just a tarnished person in the eyes of this community. And this might be a surprise to you, but back in the times of Jesus, when this scripture is written, tax collectors weren't people's favorite people. They, in the biblical times, weren't super pumped about giving money in taxes. It's a totally different time. You probably can't relate to that at all. <laughs> Completely different. But even so, Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus, I want to spend time with you. I want to go public with my relationship with you. We all have friends we don't want to be seen in public with. <laughs> 
You know, yesterday I climbed up uh, Rattlesnake Ledge, great hike, about 40 minutes from here. And uh, uh, Ben Jennings over there, Ben, can you raise your hand? He had this backpack with a speaker in it, and it was connected by Bluetooth to his phone. And he said, Pradeep, hey, you want to pick some songs while we hike up this trail? And I said, I would love to. So we picked some songs that would give Ben the most embarrassment. <laughs> and he instantly regretted giving us that power. We started off with thunder and rainstorm sounds. <laughs> so on this beautiful sunny day, he was just carrying thunderstorms with him. We moved on to jungle sounds with lions and tigers that really scared people. And then we really wanted to bring more embarrassment, so we transitioned to Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> as we were walking up, and it, it was amazing to see that as Celine Dion got louder, all of Ben's friends got a little more distant from him. <laughs> they didn't want to be seen in public. Jesus sees Zacchaeus, who has this bad reputation, and he doesn't distance himself. He gets closer. He invites himself into his house. You know, I, I really feel like in this moment, Jesus likes you and he wants to get closer to you. He's inviting himself into your heart. He's inviting himself into your home. My question is, will you let him in? Will you resist him? Will you have this penalty box mindset? You're like, Jesus, I, I, I've messed up. I have such a bad reputation. I'm a bad person. Jesus, I suck. I'm horrible. All these things we tell ourselves all the time. Jesus, I'm no good. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. Jesus, I'm not, I'm not worthy of your love. I'm not worthy of the church. I'm not worthy of the community. But even when we have all this negative self-talk, even when maybe we do have a reputation, Jesus says, hey, I want to go to your house. Hey, I want to have a relationship with you. And sometimes we feel like God is so angry that he can't stand us, that he doesn't want to be with us. But there's a new message of revelation and a, a new hope I want you guys to have today is that Jesus likes you. Jesus loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He's not embarrassed to be seen with you in public. With all of your imperfections, with all of your flaws, he made you on purpose for a purpose. Jesus sees you and he says, you're good. I want you. Yeah, we've made mistakes. Yeah, we've done things we're ashamed of. But God sees us as the end in mind that we can be made whole again. You know, we at times are like the song we sing or these vessels or these cups. And sometimes we, we get shattered. And we do make mistakes, and it feels like our life is broken apart. And I, I wonder if Zacchaeus was in a time in life like that. I mean, why would this rich tax collector climb a tree just to see Jesus? I can't help but wonder what was going on in his life. What was falling apart? What was bringing him this sense of urgency where I need to see Jesus? I need to see Jesus. And I, I want to encourage us today with this idea, because Zacchaeus, he gets him a guest. He gets Jesus into his heart, and as he looks at the beauty of Jesus, as he's spending time with Jesus, he finds that, wow, I can't, I can't live the way I used to live anymore. I, I, I need to have a, a change in my path. I need to be restored. I don't want to be broken anymore. And Zacchaeus, in his change in his heart, in his change in his life, 
He says, Jesus, you know what? I, I've wronged a lot, a lot of people. And anything I've stolen, I'm, I'm going to restore it four times. I've, I've done a lot of wrong in my life, but I want to give half of my wealth to you, Jesus. And when we spend enough time with Jesus, when we look at this beauty, we will find that our life begins to change. There's this thing I, I, I just recently discovered, and it, it's this pottery system that the Japanese culture really embraced. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the way this sounds, or it's supposed to sound, and it's called kintsugi. And it's a, it's a pottery style, kintsugi. And it's a whole idea of that there's oftentimes pottery or cups or vessels, and they, they break apart. And usually you discard them. But in the Japanese culture, in this idea of kintsugi, everyone say kintsugi. It's powerful. Look at someone say kintsugi. In this pottery style with kintsugi, when, when a piece of pottery is shattered, they will take the broken pieces and start to put it together. And as the pieces are placed together, they will take lacquer, it's kind of glue that holds everything together, and they'll, they'll mix the lacquer with pieces of gold. And as they, they put it together, and they, they fill in all these broken pieces, they fill in this emptiness with the gold and the glue, they create an entirely new and more beautiful piece of artwork. And many times, these vessels, these pieces of pottery, won't be worth a lot of money. They'll be made out of mud and clay, and they're broken, and then they're worth even less than they started. But as they, they put the pieces together, and as they fill it in with gold, the original vessel becomes even more valuable and even more beautiful. And I see this happening in the life of Zacchaeus. Because this story is amazing. The story is beautiful. He had wronged people. He had hurt people. He was desperate. He was out on a limb looking for Jesus, looking for hope, wondering, does Jesus have a plan for me? Wondering, does Jesus have anything for me? But he found that Jesus gave him his attention, called him by name. At the, at the risk of, you know, Jesus having his own reputation tarnished, he invited himself over to his house. And now all these pieces were being put together with gold, with beauty, with the story of redemption, with the story of hope, with the story of saying, hey, no matter where you started, I know where you're going. So don't discount your future because of your past. Don't discount, don't talk yourself out of your future because of your past. And so these pieces were coming together and it became even more beautiful. Do you have a picture of this? I think I have one. And so you see the clay, the mud. It was an original vessel. As it breaks apart, it's filled in with gold and filled in with value, filled in with beauty. And how it started isn't even as close to as beautiful as it ended. And my, my prayer for all of us is that beauty would save our world. That as we look to Jesus in our brokenness, in our hopeless, hope, hopeless states, that we would find that, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to let you into my house. Jesus, I will let you into my heart, and I'm going to trust you with the broken pieces of my life. I'm going to trust you with the longings of my 
heart. And band, you guys can come up here. I don't know where you are at. If you're out on a limb, if you're looking for hope, but just like this vessel, I believe that God has a plan for you that's even more beautiful than you may have ever realized in your life. I believe that Jesus has a reason for you to live, that you weren't made by mistake, you weren't made by accident, but that Jesus sees you right where you are. Jesus loves you, and that with God, broken pieces can become masterpieces. In our lives, broken pieces can become masterpieces. And my prayer for you today is that you would let Jesus into your heart. You'd bring Jesus into your home. That these penalty box mindsets, these restrictions, this distance we allow in our heart, let's turn a corner in our lives today. Let's turn a corner in our story and say, Jesus, my heart belongs to you. My heart belongs to you. Let's pray. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. And I, I just want to create a sacred space, a holy moment right now, because I, I believe Jesus wants to do great things. You know, you might be here right now wondering, Jesus, do you even like me? Jesus, can you do anything with me, with my life? Is there any hope for me? And I pray that as we talk about beauty and how beauty will save the world, as we see the beauty of Jesus, how he loves us, how he likes us, how he sees us, how Jesus can turn broken pieces into masterpieces, I pray that it would just get into the deepest part of your being right now. That you'd find that you actually believe that you're not too far gone for Jesus to work in your life. You're not too far gone for Jesus to turn your broken pieces into a masterpiece. I don't know how you ended up here today. I don't know what you're going through in your life. But I do know that God sees you. And he loves you. And he knows what's going to happen. And he knows what has happened. And even with all that knowledge, he knows he can turn your broken pieces into masterpieces if you would just give him access to your house, access to your heart, access to your life. And in a little bit, we're going to sing a song about broken pieces coming together and how Jesus looks at us with love in his eyes. And I want us to all be able to sing this with confidence and assurance that Jesus loves us. But if you're in this place and you're saying, man, I, I feel so broken right now, I want to give Jesus access to my life. I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer that says, Jesus, the way I'm living isn't working anymore. I'm filled with death and ugliness. I'm lost. And I want to lead you all in a prayer where we would say, Jesus, you can have my heart. You can have my life. And so if you're in this place and 
You're saying, Jesus, I, I want that. I want to give you my life. I want, I want to receive forgiveness. I want a fresh start. I want to just hit the reset button on my life. I want, I want to be as beautiful as you see me. I want to live by your ways. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you. If you're in this place and you're saying, hey, Pastor Pradeepin, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. On the count of three, I just want you to boldly, I want you to boldly lift your hands up in the air so I can see it and then just put it back down. If you're saying, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, just boldly lift your hands up on the count of three and then put it down. One, two, three. Lift your hands if you're saying, hey, Pastor Pradeepin, include me in that prayer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for people who are saying, I will give you access to my heart and my life. I'm proud of you guys for making that, that turn in your heart where you're saying, Jesus, you can have my life. And I want, I want us all to pray this prayer together. It's actually going to be on the screen. And this isn't a magic spell or anything, but it's just some words to help us articulate maybe what some of us are feeling. And it's a prayer of saying, Jesus, you can have my heart. You can have my life. So let's pray this all together in unity. God, just repeat after me. God, thank you for loving me. Right now, I choose to follow the ways of Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. I have made mistakes. Please forgive me and help me turn from my old ways forever. Amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? That he turns broken pieces into masterpieces. That he sees you and likes you. And he has a plan for your future. He has a plan for your now. It's amazing. You know, we want to walk through this journey with you together. We are a community of faith. We don't believe that we're meant to be alone. We're better together. And if you prayed that prayer, we're going to ask that before we end the service that you fill out the connection card and check off the box that says, I want to follow Jesus. And actually, right after service, we have something called Crash Course. And it's time where we can get to know each other. And if you pray that prayer, I encourage you to go to Crash Course so we can connect so you don't have to live this journey alone. It can be a, a mysterious journey. You might have a lot of questions. And we really believe that we're better together. And we want to walk with you through this. So I'm going to ask at this time that we all stand to our feet. And we're going to sing about how we as broken vessels can be made new. And that God sees us and loves us. And I really believe that Jesus is going to continue to work in our heart as we go through this idea. Beauty will save the world. And I encourage you, next week we're going to talk about what is so beautiful about the cross and what does it mean for us today. And I encourage you to, to bring your friends who may be wondering if broken things can become beautiful, if Jesus has a plan for them. And I believe that this message of hope and love and life is for everyone. Amen? And we have people who need hope. Amen? And so let's be people that bring hope to those who need it. Let's sing this song.